What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. Welcome to the Thursday show, everybody. It is time to begin our Start or Sit for Fantasy Week 7. AFC home games plus a couple of NFC ones today. A lot more NFC than AFC home games this week. I'm Adam Azer. Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings, they're all here. Who's going to win tonight, guys? I got a weird feeling the Broncos win. Mm. I like them, Apple. America. America will win. <laughs> Heath? Another good Thursday night game, then. Who's Hopefully. B- big game for us in our telethon league because yeah. almost my entire team is Chiefs and Broncos. Ooh. <laughs> Starting both Broncos running backs, Patrick uh-huh. Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. So, so we three, will know. 3-3 three, three score would not be good for you. Yeah. No, I high-scoring game tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, sorry. It sounded like you were going to keep saying like, high-scoring game tonight. Uh, yeah. Sky is blue. I agree. Uh, yeah, Yankees 7, Astros 6. High-scoring game tonight, and America will Ghost win. Uh-huh. You feel confident? Uh, no, of course I don't feel confident. You can't feel confident facing the Astros. They're really good. So you're at home. I got I know and I'm gonna I'm gonna be at the game, so I'm pretty excited. Uh oh, cool. yeah. So I got some stats to know for the games that we're previewing today. Uh like Robbie Anderson's terrible history against the Patriots, what Tyler Boyd has not had the entire season, uh a stat about Will Fuller, who's always a questionable start, a stat about Josh Jacobs, as we'll try to look at the Oakland Green Bay game. Uh but I do want to talk a little bit of trade with Dave and Jamie, since they don't get to participate in the Wednesday trade show. Let's take a look at the most traded players in CBS Sports Leagues. You can go to the roster trends in your league page. Odell Beckham is number one. Stefan Diggs, number two. Juju, three. And Hopkins, four. Your top four most traded players are wide receivers. Beckham, Diggs, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Hopkins. And a reminder, Beckham, he faces, he's got to buy this week, and then he faces the teams that currently rank three, two, and one in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Uh, New England, Denver, Buffalo, two of those games on the road. So what are your what are your reactions to uh, specifically Beckham, but Beckham, Diggs, Juju, and Hopkins at the top of this most traded list? I mean, you're buying low on those guys with the hope that they become who they are. And people are selling high on Stephon Diggs after yep. a three-touchdown game. Are these good ideas? Well, I mean, if you're getting them cheap enough, absolutely. You know, if you're, if you're able to, you know, somewhat steal them from, you know, like at this point, you would trade Diggs for probably Beckham and Hopkins for sure. 
and Juju's a toss-up just because of the quarterback situation. But, I mean, if you could turn Stephon Diggs into Odell Beckham or DeAndre Hopkins, I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, I would, too. I, I think Diggs and Juju's really close. I think it's interesting if that's the trade that you make at this point. I don't know if Juju can put up the numbers that I, – I, I'm going to change that. He's not going to put up the numbers that we intended for him to get when you drafted him. Can he be a number two receiver the rest of the way? I think he can. I think he can. I think he can. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, essentially, but, the, tar- but the, the, the quarterback situation hurts him, the and tar- the targets hurt him. The targets we've been complaining about for Stephon Diggs is basically where Juju's ceiling is going to be. Six, seven targets a week. Yeah. And the quarterback situation is better for him. Yeah, and the timing is the timing's really good to get DeAndre Hopkins on the cheap, or at least cheaper than it would have cost you on draft day. Okay, and then Heath, I see Matt Breida, five, Melvin Gordon, six. Let me ask you this. You look at Beckham, Juju, and Hopkins. How many of them would you prefer over Melvin Gordon rest of season? All? all yeah, all of them. Okay, well, we're really pretty scared about Melvin Gordon then. Yeah, they can't block anybody. He's sharing, and they're throwing a lot. So it's a bad situation, all the, and he hasn't looked special so far. So it's a bad situation all the way around. So, Heath, what do you make of, you know, we got Joe Mixon on here. We got Matt Breida in the top 12. Sony Michelle and Marlon Mack. Actually, if I could steer the conversation toward this group of running backs, Sony Michelle, Marlon Mack, and then, you know, Derrick Henry's not on this top 12, and neither is Mark Ingram. But these running backs that are, you know, surviving on touchdowns in some cases, not catching a lot of passes. We saw with Derrick Henry what how bad of a week you can have when you're not involved in the passing game. He had that last week. Uh, so, you know, what do you think about selling high on running backs who are thriving right now, but basically because of touchdowns and don't catch passes? Yeah, I mostly am behind that idea, especially when it comes to guys like Michelle and Henry, I, Marlon Mack, I'm a little bit indifferent on because I think he's going to get be in a better situation. I don't think his touches are going anywhere. I'm a little bit worried when Rex Burkhead's healthy. What happens to Sony Michelle's volume? I also think it depends on what your running back situation is. If you're thin at running back, I don't think you can afford to trade these guys unless you're getting a running back you can start and return. But let me tell you where Derrick Henry has finished since he, his first two weeks were great. Since then, in non-PPR, his better format, he hasn't been higher than RB16 in his last four games. In PPR, he hasn't been higher than RB22 in his last four games. I think you may have missed your chance to sell on Derrick Henry, but um, I think we're seeing... You don't catch passes. You don't get those extra yards, even 70 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it's, it's not it's not like an amazing week. It's not necessarily winning you weeks. So you have an RB2. Just put it that way uh, in non-PPR with him. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say about the most traded list. Dave and Jamie, I don't know if there are any other guys. Dave, for some reason, rejected a, a perfectly reasonable trade offer that I made to him yesterday, and he turned it down and accepted a worse trade offer that Heath made to him. Uh, so Who was the running back that you offered me? I offered you Royce Freeman for Darren Waller. You said no. Yeah, and no, and I took Devin Singletary. Yeah, that was mean. That was mean. You like Singletary better than Freeman? I do. Yeah, I do. I would take Freeman. After this week, I will trade you Darren Waller for Royce Freeman, Adam. And then I turn Devin Singletary into Royce Freeman, and I'll feel better about it. Nice. <laughs> Fine. You know what? We could, we could talk about that for sure. Uh, okay. Anything else, guys? Any trades you want to talk about? Jamie, Dave? Floor is yours. No, I made it. I made uh, two trades this week. I traded uh, in a keeper league, Devin Singletary, for Carson Wentz because I had Jameis and there was nothing good on waivers. So I didn't like giving up Singletary as a keeper, but I get to keep Wentz if if I so choose. Um, so oh, I, I good. 
Good. I'm glad you brought up Wentz. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that is a great guy to bring up because we were so worried about his schedule, right? Beginning with last week in Minnesota, and he just had this mm-hmm. with this like five straight games of tough matchups. Well, he came through looking pretty good. I mean, 24 fantasy points against yeah. Minnesota. Should we reevaluate the fears we had about Wentz? I think so. I, I think now we've seen two tough matchups on the road uh, against Green Bay and, and Minnesota, and he's performed very well. And you know, the hope would be is that he gets another weapon coming back in Deshaun Jackson soon. So that should change things. I don't like Jason Peters being banged up. That, that's not a good sign because, you know, part of the reason why he's playing well is he's not getting touched. You know, so with these teams that he's facing with these, you know, good pass rushes is that he's getting protection. You know, certainly the Green Bay game. I, I haven't I haven't seen the Minnesota game yet. I'll, I'll watch that tomorrow. But, um, you know, my guess is he probably didn't get hit a lot. And so that's been a big key for him. So if he can stay healthy, he's going to, I think, still be uh, very serviceable and, and the chance to be great. And so I uh, like the setup for him this week against another tough matchup. But I think, uh, as we may find out, the Styles defense isn't as formidable as, as maybe the schedule showed us early in the season. Sure. All right. So uh, just a few things to promote. Remember, we got this new podcast with David Sampson. It is called Nothing Personal, and it's going to be awesome. And you can get it on your afternoon commute uh, Monday through Friday. It's a fresh perspective on what's really happening in sports. So David Sampson is a former executive. He was the president of the Miami Marlins. Uh, I've spoken to him many times on the Fantasy Baseball Today show, and he's just so insightful. He has great stories. He's very honest about his successes, his failures, and it's going to be a great, great show. So check it out. Subscribe to the Nothing Personal with David Sampson podcast, uh, and you can get that again five days a week. Sampson, by the way, is S-A-M-S-O-N. Uh, Saturday, of course, is our mailbag, so send in your questions at fantasyfootball.cbsi.com or on Apple Podcasts when you leave us a review. It's a great way to get your question answered. Our Facebook giveaway, you still have time. Your best draft day decision this year, best draft day decision. And, of course, uh, that's on Facebook, Fantasy Football Today. I on Fantasy Football, our Saturday night radio show. It's me and Dave this week, right? Yeah, baby. Because it's Jamie's birthday this weekend. Ah! You're going to call in so we can sing happy birthday to you? Yeah, sure. Be the first thing I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have every, we'll enjoy We're going to have fun without Jamie, but I'm sure Jamie and Heath will have fun not being on the radio. But please listen to our show, 10 p.m. Eastern on uh, CBS Sports Radio, Sirius Channel 206, Saturday night. All right, guys. Some stats to know for this week's game. I'm going to throw a stat at you. You tell me how you feel about it. This isn't necess- Not all of them are necessarily specific to game matchups, but there are three players that have five or six targets in the green zone, which is inside the 10-yard line, as we know. Five or six targets in the green zone is great. That's top four in the NFL. But none of them have any green zone touchdowns. That would be Travis Kelsey, who's at Denver this week, Mike Williams, who's at Tennessee, and Jarvis Landry, who's on a bye. Heath, what do you think about that? Kelsey, Williams, and Landry have been targeted inside the 10-yard line five or six times, and they have no touchdowns on those targets. That makes them good by lows, except Landry's really performed relatively well. So I don't know that he's a by low, but yeah, I think Kelsey, Kelsey, for sure. People are worried all about him being the best tight end in football. He's going to be Landry's just a low. I don't want to buy him. I I mean, I do think it's interesting that he's getting all the red zone targets and the, and the green zone targets and the magenta zone targets. I would, I would assume Uh, that's a magenta zone. Yeah. That's inside the five. You, you missed it yesterday, but that's, why don't you just say inside the five and inside the 10? Because like it's just too long, it's too wordy. Green, magenta, hey, too like many easy. syllables. Come on, we got to cut down on syllables. Why don't you just call it what it is? Inside the five, inside the ten. Tyler Boyd still does not have a green zone target. Tyler Boyd inside the ten. Still correct. So you're learning. Um, so that's you know I ten. We'll keep that in mind. I ten. I ten would actually make more sense. Yeah, that's what I write it as. 
I ten. Do my notes. I ten. Lowercase I and the number ten. Not everybody lives near I ten. All right, here's a matchup one. Will Fuller has had six or seven targets in five of six games. There have been seven wide receivers with six or more targets against the Colts, and six of them have had 75 yards or a touchdown. That sets Will Fuller up for a good game. What do you think? Do those receivers catch the ball? (laughs) Presumably. (laughs) Fun fact, Will Fuller does have a 68% catch rate this year. Really? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he had three high-profile drops, but he has a... His catch rate's just fine. They, and his targets have gone up the last couple of weeks. Obviously, two weeks ago, he had 16 targets. That was ridiculous against Atlanta. He caught 14 of them. I know. So that helped him out. They're using him a lot in the short area as well as just a deep ball guy. So he's not just a one-trick pony in this offense. It's a really good thing for him. But that stat made me a little more confident in him, that he gets six or more targets pretty much every game, and pretty much every receiver that gets I mean, that at, does at this, well. At this, point, at this point, with you know four teams on a bye and injuries, you're starting Will Fuller. Yeah, you, know, you, you have to have... You know, just a, a loaded receiving core to, to outright bench him. You know, so whether it's a flex or, or number two or number three receiver, it's very difficult to bench him. Ryan Tannehill had three straight seasons with 24 to, seven, uh, 24 to 27 passing touchdowns, but he also had uh, more than, he had two straight seasons with more than 4,000 passing yards. Marcus Mariota's best passing yard season was a 36, was a 3,654 yard pace. He only played 15 okay. games. Okay, here we go. Go ahead. These things are technically true. The better stat would have been Ryan Tannehill had three straight seasons with at least 586 pass attempts because he has a lower career yards per attempt and a lower career touchdown rate than Marcus Mariota. And the stats you gave just made it seem like he has been a more prolific passer. I I wasn't done. (laughs) Well, he has been a more prolific passer, but fine. On a per attempt He's thrown it more, yes. I used the wrong word, sorry. More successful passer. Since we, Heath and I waited on yesterday, Dave and Jamie, do you think this helps any Tennessee wide receivers? It can't hurt. I mean, Mariota stinks. So while Tannehill may not have been better than him, a change is needed because nothing has been working for this Titans offense. So change it up. I certainly appreciate what the Titans are doing. They're not going to the playoffs with the current structure of what their team has been. And is it Mariota's fault? No, but something has to change. And if it's Tannehill coming in and doing a, a, a tick percent better, 5%, 10%, 20%. He could be worse, but at least they're trying something different to see if it's going to to shake things up. And so uh, Mariota's just not a, a, a franchise quarterback at this point. And I think back to Tannehill's tendencies with the Dolphins and who was the best receiver with him in Miami. It was Jarvis Landry. Well, I mean, slot, part of that catching is... Catching a ton of those passes. Part of that is by design because as we see with Adam Gase's offense, that's something that he likes to feature. So we'll see if Arthur Smith, <laughs> for what it's worth, is going to do the same thing. But, I mean, look... It, Corey Davis has been rotting away. We, you know, we don't know if he's good or not because we haven't found out. Uh, we'll see if AJ Brown is good. And again, it may not be Tannehill. Uh, you know, he's uh, right. It's not like Tannehill's career is better than Marcus Mariota's career, but it's different. And so let's just see if this change for Tannehill and this change for the Titans can make things better because we'd like to see Corey Davis and AJ Brown and Adam Humphreys and Delaney Walker put up numbers, and maybe this helps Derrick Henry. You know, it, it, it again, it may flop, but mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm welcoming the change. Can he throw a more catchable pass than Marcus Mariota? Yes. He can't throw a worse one. <laughs> well, he can throw. He, like he's, he's been a worse passer than Marcus Mariota for their career. Uh, right. And, and so there's right. not a reason to uh, expect you're, you're him right. to be. But, but the but, problem's but, the offensive line. But, and but the also, coaching. also what you're talking about though. The beginning of Marcus Mariota's career was good. He's regressed significantly as a player. He's in a much worse situation. 
It's a, it's a bad situation line is awful. for sure. He's in a worse situation than. I don't know if it's the line. Yet. I don't think the line is necessarily the line is awful. Bad. The line's been. Bad. I think the play calling has been really bad, and I think the quarterback has been bad, and I think Tannehill is going to lean on the short area targets. So I'm curious to see what it does to Adam Humphreys, who had four targets and three catches and basically a quarter and change with Tannehill last week, and AJ Brown can be that guy too, and we know that he likes. Does to he have a target the catch? Yeah, From Tannehill. I don't know. He did in the game. Yes. He, he did have at least one. I looked at the game log. He kind of spread the ball around uh, Ryan Tannehill. Okay, guys, uh, just one more stat. Josh Jacobs, do you think they're going to win at Green Bay? No. no. Okay, here are his carries. But I carries. didn't think they were going to win against Minnesota. Right, right. Uh, he had a bad game against Minnesota. You mean Chicago? Chicago, yeah, Chicago. Yeah. In London. Uh, carries in his two losses, 12 carries against Kansas City, 10 carries at Minnesota. Both of those losses were by 18 or more points. But they were not good games. I know we like. Wasn't he Josh banged J- up in the Kansas City game? I don't know. He actually ran like ten times for ninety yards or something. But or maybe it was t- maybe it was twelve. Whatever it was, twelve for ninety. Um, I'm just saying he has not been. You know, he it, the game script could could matter for Jacobs. But I believe I, I believe the game against Kansas City, he left. They were actually in the game, and he got banged up in the game. You're right. He had 99 yards rushing because he's the the low man uh, of the the last five games against the Chiefs at 99 yards. Played 48 percent of the snaps. Yeah, he got hurt in that game. I, I remember reading something like the 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 score was close, and then he left, and then that's when the doors blew open. Now, obviously, it was the, the the Chiefs' offense, but you know, controlling time of possession yeah. was big for the Raiders. Uh, but you like Jacobs this week at Green Bay, right? I mean, I, I yeah, it's it's hard to get away from again with the injuries and the guys on a bye. I, I think you know you look at what the the Packers, even though the run defense has been better the last two games against Dallas and and Detroit, they've still given up two touchdowns in those games. So they've given up a lot of touchdowns since week one when they kept the Bears out of the end zone. Um, I, I like the fact that Jacobs has been more involved in the passing game, five catches the last two weeks. You know, so they're last two games, so they're they're starting to use him as John Gruden has said. And if last game for them was an indication without Tyrell Williams, then maybe that's something that they could build on because Williams right now is dealing with a Liz Frank injury. All right. So he's top 14 in PPR. He's top 12 in non-PPR. That's Josh Jacobs. Um, all right, guys. Let's uh, let's get our game time. Tully time. Player of the week presented by Telemordu. Dave, Jamie, and Heath are going to select a player. It's going to have a big game or, you know, just a surprisingly good game. Doesn't have to be a massive performance here in Fantasy Week 7. Heath, why don't you kick it off? Who's someone you really like this week? I'll go with Royce Freeman tonight against Kansas City Chiefs. He has at least 15 touches in three of his last four games. 15 touches, plenty against this Chiefs defense. They cannot stop anyone on the ground. They're on short week on the road after playing, what, 90 snaps? We're going to call it 90 snaps. We can't figure out what the exact number is unless we go back to count. I I think he gets his first touchdown. I think he gets over 80 yards, and he's a top 20 running back this week. Wow. All right, Dave, who's your Tully Time Player of the Week? Let's go with Alan Lazard of the Green Bay Packers. I'm expecting Geronimo Allison and Devonta Adams to not play. It's the Raiders' secondary. I think it's exploitable. I think Aaron Rodgers wants this guy to play more. Certainly threw at him like he wanted him on the field last week. I'm going to double down on Lazard and say that he can get you at least 10 in a PPR league. If you're really stuck at flex, you can turn to him. They may not have anybody. What do you mean? They're, they're all hurt. Yeah. MVS didn't practice either. Oh, that's true. That's yeah, true. So Lazard crazy. could be like the number one guy by default. And by the way, that helps Josh Jacobs. I mean, that certainly helps the Raiders. In theory, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think the Packers blow them out. So, yes, yeah. Jacob should you know, still be in the game. And, Jamie, it's game time. It's uh, telly time. I'll go. Uh, I, I have uh, three bills as the start of the week in Josh Allen, John Brown, and Frank Gore. But I'll go with the fourth member of the Bills offense <laughs> with Devin Singletary coming back. I, I think, you know, 
Figure 10 to 12 touches. I don't expect him to have much more. I don't know what you projected him for, Heath, or not, but I'm going to guess it's probably around there. Right. Um, you know, we saw him in the first two weeks of the season with, you know, less than 10 touches in those two games. He left the second game um, 11 or more PPR points, and it's the Dolphins. So anybody playing against Miami is in play. Like, I would start him over David Montgomery. I would start him over Joe Mixon. I'd start him over Melvin Gordon this week. Yeah, I've got him at uh, 10 touches, 12 PPR points. Yep. That's pretty. That's Devin Singletary, but you'd rather start Gore. I would. I just think yeah. you're talking 15, 16 carries for him. You know, in in a game that they should win relatively easily. Yeah. So Gore is the safer of the two. I, I would not be surprised if Singletary has a bigger game, but uh, you know, floor versus ceiling here. I think the the floor is safer for Gore. You know, I don't know if you saw my very thought provoking tweet that in a non PPR league, I really want to start Frank Gore and Carlos Hyde against the Colts over Alvin Kamara at the Bears. Well, it may be easy for you because it I, doesn't right. seem like Kamara's going to play. I know, right. but if he does play, like I'm almost hoping he doesn't play so I don't have to make that decision. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I could see Gore. Hyde's a little bit more tricky, but Gore, I mean, look, you're, you're making a bet against the matchup. Yeah. And, and the matchup's certainly easy. Well, you can think about that kind Plus of stuff. Plus a revenge game. When you, revenge exactly. Game for, yeah, see, you can both put, of, you both put running Frank backs. Gore in your FanDuel well, lineup. Well, game for... Devin. Now you Sorry. can put Frank Gore in your FanDuel lineup. That's okay. Uh, don't get stuck with a lineup that you're going to regret. Don't get stuck with the lineup that I have in my fantasy football today league where I have Saquon Barkley and Todd Gurley. I don't have to deal with that in FanDuel. I can get any player I want. You get a budget. You get the players that fit your budget. You're going to get a loaded lineup. It's going to be awesome. And you get to test your wits against other players, other fantasy players who, you know, love fantasy football. But you listen to this podcast, you're going to have a leg up. And since you listen to this podcast, you have two awesome offers. First of all, sign up now at FanDuel.com slash FFT. Make a $20 deposit and get $20 in total bonus. You're going to get $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. That's at FanDuel.com slash FFT. The other thing you should do is go to FanDuel.com slash League slash FFT and join our contest. About 600 people a week. It's $5 to enter. So again, if you make that first deposit on FanDuel, you get $5 a week. Uh, FanDuel.com slash League slash FFT. So we want to play against you. It's just like being in the podcast league every week. FanDuel.com slash FFT. That's the first place you go. You make your deposit of 20 bucks. You get 20 bucks in site credit for five bucks for four weeks or just download the FanDuel app. Let's go through the news and notes. Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to start for Miami. Uh, Buffalo is our number one DST this week. Mitchell Trubisky is questionable but trending in the right direction. Saquon Barkley practiced in full, so he should play. Devin Singletary, same thing. Alvin Kamara may not play, but would you trust Latavius Murray at Chicago? Number two running back. It's it's the uh, I think we should start calling it the Wayne Gallman theory. Volume. You know, you're you're just you're just hoping for a lot of touches in you know still a competent offense, and we'll find out you know if this Bears defense without Akeem Hicks is just as good. But you mean look, the thing that you liked about Alvin Kamara, which you know Latavius Murray is not going to do the same level, is the catches. You know, and so he's going to be probably what would you say five six catches. Yeah. You know, if, if he's the starter there. So, you know, whatever he does, total yards and, you know, hopefully falls in the end zone. I think that's kind of what you're looking for. All right. Like I'd start him again. I'll, I'll use the same guys. I'd start him over Mixon. I'd start him over Montgomery. I'd start him over Melvin Gordon. You know, three guys that you clearly drafted and had high hopes for. And that's so, if Kamara's out, obviously. Yes. Let's go to the Rams. Dave, do we think Todd Gurley is going to play? And, and Daryl Henderson is only owned in 38% of leagues. Both Gurley and, and Brown are dinged up. Yeah, let, let's see how things move on this week before we make any hard and fast judgments, but it sounds like Malcolm Brown's ankle injury could be fairly significant. 
and Gurley is starting to work his way back. I wonder if they're actually rushing him because of Brown not being ready to go. Uh, just keep an eye on the practice reports. There's there's a lot in flux. I made the move in one of my leagues to get Henderson off the waiver wire as soon as I could. Uh, I dropped Chase Edmonds for him, and I don't I, I don't know if that's oh, going to be smart. smart or not. Johnson didn't practice on Wednesday. With I know that's why. <laughs> I I think it's smart, but I maybe I'll have the chance to make that move back. Like if I find out that Gurley ends up practicing and it looks good for him. I'm dropping Henderson in a second to go get Edmonds back on my bench. Oh, although, you know, look, Henderson's in a situation where two running backs are banged up, so it's not the worst idea. But again, 38% own. There's a chance Daryl Henderson wins you this week at Atlanta, so somebody to keep an eye on. Rashad Penny expected to play this week, and Chris Thompson has turf toe, so I'm assuming we don't expect him to play against San Francisco. Wide no. receivers? No, Sam- they, they, uh, they, they added a running back. Okay. Uh, Sammy Watkins is out. Amari Cooper missed practice. Not looking great for Sunday night. Um, let's play the Do You Expect game. Christian Kirk at the Giants. No. Not as of now. Marquise Brown at Seattle. Trending in the right direction. Deshaun Jackson at Dallas. No. Not yet. Josh Gordon and Philip Dorsett. No and yes. It's, it looks like Dorsett's got a real good shot to play. Please pick him up. Uh, will AJ Green return? When will AJ Green return? Maybe next week. I'd say next week is probably safe. Okay, he has a buy after that, so maybe after the buy, but not. It's probably not going to be this week for AJ Green. Tyrell Williams still dealing with a foot injury. Not looking great for Tyrell, right? No, it right. could be extended absence. It's plantar fasciitis. And Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez, Scanling, and Geronimo Allison are all dealing with injuries. So we'll have to preview that. I mean, the Raiders are really bad against wide receivers. They're really bad against the passing game. Um, mm-hmm. You could have an, and that's why Dave said Alan Lazard. So, you know, don't, don't they just. Signed, ag- they signed a receiver, so it's not good. They signed, they Ryan, signed Ryan, Ryan Grant. Grant. Yeah. Don't just ignore the Packers wide receivers. Tight ends, Chris Herndon's week to week. Evan Ingram is questionable, but we think he'll play, right, Evan Ingram? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Packs in full. Top three tight end. And Packers tight end, Jay Sternberger. He's a rookie. He's on IR. He's eligible to play in week nine. We can talk about that a little later in the season, but maybe in a deeper league. Who knows? Um, yeah. Offensive line stuff. Jets could be without their left tackle, Kelvin Beecham. Bengals could get Cordy Glenn, their left tackle back. Dwayne Brown could miss his second straight game for the Seahawks. Didn't really matter for Russell Wilson last week. And Oakland left tackle, Trent Brown, has been accused of domestic violence, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, other news, just trying to see. Oh, the, the Eagles secondary is getting healthier. Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby practiced. The, uh, Jason Peters is banged up too. J, uh, right, on the offensive line. Thank you. Um, Rashad Breeland for Kansas City may not play. So Flacco, I have to start Flacco in a, in a league. Uh, he's got a chance. Yeah, you might you might actually feel good about that. I, there's no Chris Jones. Right. There's no Rashad Breeland. My, there's uh, no Kendall Fuller. In my FanDuel showdown, I'm playing him tonight. Yeah, okay. And Atlanta cornerback Desmond Trufant missed practice. He missed last week's game. They got torched. So come on, Jared Goff. Come on. I'm starting you again. Don't let me down. Oh, he's he's going to go off this week. You can't spell go off without Goff. <laughs> <laughs> Start, sit, or... F- yeah, that's right. I'm in the magenta zone right now. That, thank you. Appreciate that. Waiver Hub is the funniest thing I've ever said. Start, sit, or flex at best. <laughs> Frank Gore Actually, against no, the Miami. funniest thing you ever did was when I, I said, Adam, look to your right and you <laughs> look to your left. And not just like quickly, you did it slowly. You did like a slow turn to your left. And you said, oh, wait, I just turned to my left. Because I was looking in the camera and the camera is like a mirror. You know, it's reflect. So it's like the right is left and 
That was this morning. Well, if you're way. looking in the camera, you wouldn't be seeing yourself. No, I was I, I was seeing myself. I had a window of yeah, forget it, Jay. Okay, start, sit, or flex at best. <laughs> Heath, you haven't spoken in five minutes. Frank Gore against Miami. Start easy. He's top fifteen running back this week in non PPR, top twenty in PPR. Okay. A running back has scored twelve or more non PPR fantasy points every game against the Dolphins. Kenyon Drake at Buffalo. Heath again. No. Okay. Uh, not at all. Sony Sony Michelle at the Jets. Everybody. Start. Yeah. All right. Interesting though if Burkett comes back. The Jets actually have a good run defense uh, per carry. They give up a lot of touchdowns, though. Um, Michelle was terrible against them earlier this year, right? Believe like that was the game yes. where we started wondering if that he was, was going to lose the job. That was Burkhead, though. Yep, Burkhead yeah. played and had a good game. Uh, Jamison Crowder against New England. Uh, sit. I'll start him in PPR. Flex at best. Oh, we got all three there. Melvin Gordon at Tennessee. Sit. Sit. Flex at best. Austin Eckler at Tennessee. You're about an entire category. <laughs> yeah, you guys are. <laughs> Austin Eckler at Tennessee. I mean, technically, all these guys could be flex at best. It's, it's kind of a weird thing. No, Frank Gore's a start. You named well, the I'm category. All, all... You named the segment, Jamie. <laughs> Remember, this used to be start meter and you said, why don't we change the start center flex at best? This is you. Start Eckler in PPR, flex at best and none. I'm going to give him a six on the start meter <laughs> Aaron Rodgers against Oakland. Flex at best. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's he's tough, a, right? He's a low-end starter. Okay. Trending towards a sit. Yes. He's outside my top 12. I'd start Minshew over him. He may be, might be outside my top 12. <laughs> start Ethan. Right, by the way, as Chris Towers pointed out on our Monday show, Melvin Gordon actually ran more routes than Austin Eckler. So just careful there with the... Yeah. Congratulations, it, it's, Melvin. What a mess. What a mess in, in the Chargers backfield. I don't have them very far apart. Neither do I. And okay. they're not going to get very far because that offensive line is just awful for them. They can't get anywhere between the tackles. Previewing they're the games. They're not going to golf. They're not going to golf. <laughs> they're not going to golf. Let's preview the games. Houston at Indianapolis. Stat of the game. I already gave it about Will Fuller. Wide receivers with six or more targets do well against the Colts. Uh, Deshaun, God, lazy. Deshaun Watson <laughs> is awesome. He's third, second, and sixth for Heath, but I think there are like six quarterbacks that are just bonkers this week, right? I mean, uh, in terms of Ryan, Murray's, Jamie's rankings, Ryan, Murray, Watson, Mahomes, Wilson, Jackson. It's a pretty pretty hot top six. Uh, that Mahomes guy stinks. How about Carlos Hyde? Carlos Hyde, yeah, I, he's been good two weeks in a row. Dave, you called him a winner on Sunday. And the Colts allow 4.7 yards per carry to running backs, but not a lot of points to running backs necessarily. What do you think about Hyde this week? I think he's got a chance to get you 10 non-PPR. I think that would be close to his ceiling in non-PPR. We've seen this Colts run defense actually play. They, they played okay statistically last week, but they didn't really get tested against the Chiefs on the ground. Now, through the air, it's a different story. Damian Williams caught a touchdown. Or no, that was two weeks ago. That, that They didn't allow a touchdown against the Chiefs. I'm sorry. I messed up my opponents. Bottom line is this. They're getting Darius Leonard back. I think that helps them. And I, I'm, I'm not convinced that the Colts are going to try and do something different than what they did against the Chiefs in their last game. This is where I was going with it, is that defensively, they had a good game plan to slow down the Chiefs. I wonder if they do the exact same thing to slow down the Texans. And Houston likes giving him the football. It's just a matter of will he get those 15-plus carries, and will he score? He's scored in three of his last four games. This is one like uh, I'll, 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 I struggle with. Like I start Royce Freeman over him. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'd mm-hmm. start Devin Singletary over him. 
Ooh, that, and that, that's, Jamal Williams. See, that one Jamal really surprised me with, with Devin Singletary because like, you don't know what his role is going to be. We're just guessing about I, his role. Yeah, I prefer Hyde to Singletary, but just barely. I'll I was going Singletary I was going and PPR. PPR. I was going PPR. I'm sorry. Right, not PPR. Hyde. PPR, it's, it's closer just because there's more touchdown potential with Carlos Hyde. Right. But, I mean, look, we, we've seen him stink. You know, there was that stretch of games after he had the first two games for Houston. I think it was like weeks three, four, and five. He wasn't good. You know, so he had a, a, a one game in there where he scored a touchdown, but the yards were terrible. So, you know, it's, it's just a matter of how this game will, will sort of uh, flow. But he's their primary guy. He's the most likely to fall into the end zone. You know, we, we've seen uh, at least, you know, a few games ago we had the, the four catches for six yards. They're, they will try and throw him <laughs> the ball from time to time. Um, I, I just think that there's a, a limited ceiling with him. Okay, who's a better flex, Carlos Hyde or Will Fuller? Fuller. Fuller, Fuller easy. DeAndre Hopkins, he was great against the Colts last year. He's better caught, than Carlos Hyde, too. Caught a touchdown in both games. So let's get... Obviously, we're going to start Hopkins, and if he doesn't do well, we can freak out about him on Sunday night, but start Hopkins. Um, Darren Fells is interesting. He's top 12 in non-PPR. He's top 13 in PPR, and he's had 69 yards or a touchdown in three or four games. Darren Fells is only 24% owned, and boy, the Colts really stink. Against tight ends, they allow the third most fantasy points to tight ends. So, are there any guys? But they've t- been they've been good ones though. They've been really they good ones that have beat them up. Yeah, they faced Henry, they faced Walker, they faced Hooper, they faced Waller and Kelsey and Moreau for what that's worth. But uh, are there any tight ends that people typically start that you would start Darren Fells over? You prefer Darren Fells to these guys over Hawkinson, over Graham, over the two guys that he's playing against, over Delaney Walker. I agree over Jared with Cook too. Most over of those, Jared. I I would still start Hawkinson, but yeah, other than that, the uh, you know I'll go back to you know we we have Evan Washburn, our, our CBS Sports NFL reporter, you know does sidelines for CBS. Am I going to have to start doing a, like the drink of water, drink water when we mention Evan Washburn? I don't have any no. water today, unfortunately. No. Okay. Um, but he was on our show on on Monday, and he was at this game between the Texans and the Chiefs, and he said, you know, in the meetings with Bill O'Brien that. They they want to keep their tight ends involved and continue to get them going and you know it's hurting Hopkins, it's you know something to keep an eye on. Now this could be an Aikens week, right? You know, we, That's we, what worries me. We yeah. we've seen that from time to time that Aikens has been better than than Fells, but I think just if you watch the two of them play, like Fells is just a big dude and you know he's another one of those former basketball players that is playing in the NFL. Um, here's one for you, drink. You know Pete Prisco will always say every time he sees a six foot five power <laughs> forward. In college basketball, that that guy should go try out for the NFL. And uh, not to go on a tangent, but Pete, once upon a time, <laughs> used to cover um, college basketball for us um, in the offseason. Um, I did that as well. We used to, you know, cover all the NCAA regional matchups. And Pete did a Kent State game, and he saw Antonio Gates just sitting there, and he knew that he played college football. And he said, you should give up basketball and go play in the NFL. And Pete, every time he sees Antonio Gates, says, when you send me my check. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that's a good tangent. Thank you for going on that. All right, let's talk about the Colts here. Jacoby Brissett, starter sit. Yeah, I'll start him. I am close to starting him over Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'm there. I'd start him over Rivers. I start him over Rivers and Stafford. Then. I agree. Uh, look, the the matchup says that they, he's got to throw, and I trust the Colts coaching staff to give him those opportunities. I know Marlon Mack's been good. It's funny you say that, though, because they kind of go against what conventional says because of how their team is. Like, I don't think they let the opponent dictate what they want to do. I think they kind of dictate their own sort of pace and schedule. Yeah. Interesting. Houston's run defense was awful in week one. It's been better since. Not great against LaShawn McCoy last week, but, you know, the Kansas City running backs didn't really run that much. 
Um, you said not great, or it was great? No, against McCoy in particular, no, it wasn't great. But he only had eight carries. Why do you see for life? Well, I'm just saying. Uh, but like Alvin Kamara. Oh, sorry. So Fournette, the Chargers, the Panthers, the Falcons. Um, they allowed 3.4 yards per carry into those to those running backs. Boy, this is this is right. Clunk. And this you can't clunky. really judge them on last week's game sorry. because the Chiefs ran the ball nine times right. with their running backs. Nine times. So nine times. Well, so, so look, Marlon they're going to try and get right. Marlon Mack touches, yeah, and I Marlon think he Mack. could be fine. Is he a must He'll start? He'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, okay. must start. Yeah, the thing about Brissett is, I, it, it's either going to be one of two things. He's going to have a Russell Wilson game like we saw earlier in the season, where he's not throwing the ball a lot, but he's being productive in those attempts, or it's going to be like the Raiders game where they're down a lot and he's throwing. You know, so I, I don't I don't see this as they're coming out and saying Jacoby Brissett is throwing 40 times and that's the way we're trying to beat the Texans. I just don't see that happening for Frank Reich and this team. Okay, T.Y. Hilton start. Nobody else for he the, destroys the Texans. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Yes. Uh, keep an eye on that on FanDuel. Eric Ebron and Doyle sit. Texans have been very good against tight ends. They did well against Hooper. They did well against Kelsey. And the DSTs are outside of the top 12. And that's going to do it. For this game, let me just ask you, who do you think is going to be better this week, T.Y. Hilton or DeAndre Hopkins? Hilton. Hilton. Hilton and non-Hopkins and BPR. Take a break here. When we come back, Baltimore at Seattle. Baltimore, the second highest scoring team in football. That's usually going to, it means a good game for Russell This is going to be a fun game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, This is going to be a fun one. All right, we'll talk about it right after this. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. All right, Ravens, Seahawks, what's the spread in this game? Actually, don't know. I think it's Seattle by three. Kind of like the Ravens here, but oh, whatever. That's that's a, a tangent. Seattle by three and a half over under of forty nine and a half, which I believe is the third highest it's up on the there. schedule this week. Yep. Okay. Uh, stat of the game number one: If you own Marquise Brown, six of seven wide receivers who have had seven or more targets against the Seahawks have scored thirteen or more fantasy points in PPR. I don't know if Marquise Brown will get that, but if he does, he'll probably do well. Stat of the game number two. Baltimore is allowing 3.3 yards per carry when Brandon Williams is playing, or at least in the games that he has played. And no running back has rushed for more than 62 yards in those games, but only one running back has double-digit carries. So we'll talk about Carson in a moment. He's got a tough matchup, but I'm sure we'll start him. Lamar Jackson is a top-six quarterback. He's in that that group. Um, How do you feel about Mark Ingram this week? How would you compare him to Marlon Mack? Worse. Prefer Mack. Same. Okay, but you do like Ingram. You guys have him top fifteen in how can you get away? How can yeah. you get away from starting him? Right, he's he, just one of those things where you know the yards haven't exactly been great, but the touchdown potential's there, and you're talking maybe two, three catches. So, you know, I would say it's it's a floor of fifteen touches. And right. So the hope would be he you know he he just finds the end zone. Well, I don't think he's going for a hundred and a touchdown in this game unless he just happens to break one. So here's a here's a great Ingram stat. He leads the NFL in magenta zone carries inside the five yard line. He has eight of them. Gus Edwards though has uh, five inside the five yard line. So 
Ingram has eight carries inside the five, and he has scored six touchdowns. Edwards has five carries inside the five-yard line and no touchdowns. That's just how many, how many of those weird. for Edwards have come in competitive games, though? I I have no idea, but he hasn't scored. I mean, he's had five carries inside the five and hasn't scored. And sounds and, like they should give it to Mark Ingram more. Maybe Ingram's got six touchdowns on eight carries there. It's just interesting. Uh, all right, uh, Baltimore wide receivers. If Marquise Brown plays, will you start him? Low end number two. Yep. Would you start him or Fuller? Fuller. Fuller. Would you start Brown or Mark Ingram? Ingram. Yeah, Ingram. Yes. Would you start any receipt? Would you start Snead or Boykin or something if Brown doesn't play? No. The deep desperation. No, yeah. I'd I'd rather go with Lazard or yeah, Adam Humphries. He, he those guys are owned. I'll use them. All. Adam Humphries is owned. More I'll use than, them on Fanduel. Snead and Boykin. Yeah. yeah. I'll use them on Fanduel. Uh, Mark Andrews is seventh for Dave and Jamie in nine PPR. Fourth for Heath and just bump them down one spot in PPR. Eighth for Dave and Jamie. Fifth for Heath. Um, Seattle allows the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. So yeah, you're starting Mark Andrews. All right, Russell Wilson, start. Who do you like better, Wilson or Jackson? Wilson. 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 Cool. Chris Carson, any hesitation at all? Joe Mixon had what, eight no. carries for 10 yards no. last week? Yeah, yeah. I I know that Carson's going to get more work than Mixon. I think Carson's line, is as banged up as Seattle's line is, it's better than Mixon's line. And And how about this? I think that the Seahawks coaching staff will use Carson in smarter ways than how the Bengals have been deploying Mixon. And Mixon, by the end of the game, was losing touches to Giovanni Bernard. Gio played more in the fourth quarter. So there's, there's a lot going on with you Mixon. You can't compare the two. He, he, there played, is no, no he, played, he played more snaps for the whole game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because in the fourth quarter, he played twice as many. Or maybe it's the second half. But what, either way, we're talking about a Bengals running back when we shouldn't be. Carson's a must-start. Yeah, hard to, hard to get away from him for and, sure. And now's the perfect time to go and get Rashad Penny while Penny's value is in the absolute gutter. If you've got Carson, you've you don't got have Carson. Penny. Right. Acquire, right. Acquire Penny just to handcuff him to Carson. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> David Johnson had 14 rushing yards. James Conner had 55 rushing yards. Mixon had 10 rushing yards. So we'll see what happens. He should get more work than all of those guys. Although the Ravens own time of possession. Look, I'm just very interested in this game. I wish it were a primetime game. I, you know, unfortunately it's mm-hmm. not. Uh, talk to me about the Seattle wide receivers. How do you feel about them this week? Uh, the Ravens allow the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers. They did just trade for Marcus Peters. And a lot of times, it's the, it's the number two guy that's better than the number one guy. Uh, you know, like Auden Tate last week. It's not necessarily by position. It's just the guy you would expect to be better is often not uh, when I mean, you talk look, about I mean, look, Tyler Lockett's a, a must-start. Yep. DK Metcalf is at this point, you know, a Hail Mary in a good situation just because Will Disley's not there. So, you know, is he going to get more than six targets? You know, that that's kind of the question because, as we've seen, you know, last week, Jerron Brown scoring two touchdowns, you know. So, it, Russell Wilson's just a, a different breed. This offense is just different. You know, they don't necessarily feature one guy to the level that we like to see. So, Metcalf's going to either have to find the end zone or catch one of those deep balls. And, you know, like we saw week two, I think it was, where he had 80-some-odd yards receiving. You know, that that's kind of the range that he's he's in. He's like a poor man's Wolf Fuller. Would but you a start, very big poor man's Wolf Fuller. Uh, would you start Tyler Lockett or DeAndre Hopkins? Hopkins. I'll go Hopkins over Lockett. You know, Lockins had a touchdown. Or Lockins. I just said Lockins. Lockett had a touchdown called back last week that would have sent his numbers into the stratosphere. We wouldn't even be talking about him. Okay. And I, I, I can't... You did a better job justifying... 
DK Metcalf as a start this week, Adam, than I could have. Um, I'm I'm not sure how the Ravens are going to line up against this offense. I'm curious to see how they use Peters and whether he's a true number two corner opposite Marlon Humphrey. Um, but I don't think he's necessarily a great corner. And I'm I'm real curious about whether or not DK Metcalf ends up being a, a focal point of the Seahawks offense this week because of his size speed I, I versus just, their non-Marlon Humphrey cornerback. I would hesitate to say that Lockett's going to get Marlon Humphrey the whole game because he does a real good job. Right, I don't know. The way they move him around of avoiding them. I mean, you look what he did against the, his best game of the year came against the Saints mm-hmm. where they just completely shut down number one wide receivers because right. he doesn't often get the number one corner the way he lines up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just Plays interested to see Metcalf's role without Disley. Uh, you know, because what last week he had five targets. He did have four catches for 69 yards. Okay, so that's pretty much going to wrap it up. We're not going to start a tight end, right, for the Seahawks? No. Okay, what about a DST? No, Wilson's a desperation streamer. Yep. A DST in this game? I, I think you can use the Seahawks. I think they can get a couple of turnovers. Remember, they're getting read back on their defensive line, mm-hmm. you know, so that'll help. And we've seen Lamar Jackson. Look, what was it, two games ago or three games ago with the three interception game yeah. in Pittsburgh? You know, so he can he can get turnover prone. Ravens have six turnovers in their last three games. Five of them are Lamar Jackson. I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle blows him out. To be honest, with you. yeah, I agree. Ooh, really? I think okay. it, I think it's my favorite pick of the week. It's tough to blow out. See, it's tough to blow out Baltimore when they lead the league in time of possession. So just have to see if they can stop yeah, the but, run. But again, who did they play in Week One? They played Miami. But, no, they, they, but they well, go but even. Play, no, they they've always dominated time of possession yeah. for two. Again, again they played a lot Lamar, of bad teams. Again. Lamar Jackson, as soon as he took over last year, they were dominating. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. But 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 when you factor that in, you got to look at who they're playing. Seattle's not no, far you don't. Time not with Baltimore. They they are they are the king. Heath, am I right on this? They are the kings of time of possession. I'm you are right. I agree with you. Thank you. You know to to you got to look at what what who they play. The Azers on. You fell in the. You fell in this trap with what was the team? No, because I because you called me out and I corrected it. That was the Chargers. Well, I call you out. I was just I was just bringing well, it up. Yeah, you, you appropriately playing. called the stat out, and I, we corrected mm-hmm. it with the Chargers. But with the Ravens, it has been since last week, last year. Oh I, no, I agree. I agree. They, I'm just saying they like, killed you know, the clock. It's, it's okay. All right, we're gonna take another break here just so we can switch to our audio studio. Thanks for watching. Uh, you'll still still hear the rest of it on YouTube.com/slash/FantasyFootball today. Jacksonville, Cincinnati. When we come back, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good news, everyone, for you Futurama fans. Uh, Todd Gurley is trending toward playing, as we found out during our little break there. Now we'll get to Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Your stat of the game. Every quarterback to face the Bengals has scored at least 19 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. But Jimmy Garoppolo is the only one to score more than 21 without a rushing touchdown. Do you think Gardner Minshew will be in that 20-ish range? Low 20-ish, yes. All right. I'm debating Minshew versus Dak Prescott, which sounds kind of silly, but the Bengals are going to be without their top two corners. They're already a bad pass defense to begin with, and I don't believe Carlos Dunlop is expected to play, so that's their best pass rusher. The, The matchups don't get any easier than this for Minshew, who 
just had some miscommunications with his receivers last week. I think Chark bounces back. I think Minshew can play well. But I think Leonard Fournette might be the number one running back in fantasy this week because the matchup on the ground is even better than it is through the air. Cincinnati is terrible at slowing down the run. You could just stop the terrible. Heath, They're just terrible. Well, Heath, you isn't it crazy to make Leonard Fournette number one? No, not at all. I have him ranked number one in both formats. So I agree with Dave. I don't think he might be. I think he is. Yeah. So that's the thing. I mean, teams just don't pass the ball on the Bengals. They've seen the second fewest pass attempts, uh, the third fewest pass attempts in the NFL, but they allow the fifth highest yards per attempt. And again, they are banged up. Uh, As Dave mentioned, they see the second most rush attempts in the NFL. So obviously Leonard Fournette is set up for a huge game. He's a great DFS play. Uh, And okay. So for Jacksonville, Gardner, Gardner Minshew, Dave says he's debating Minshew or Dak. Jamie, who would you start Minshew over? I start him over Rogers. I would start him over Stafford. I start him over Rivers. I would start him over Kirk Cousins. Okay. You know what? The name that stood out to me the most on that list of who I wouldn't do that with is Cousins. I, I think Cousins keeps it going against the Lions. That's tomorrow. Heath, DJ Chark. How do you feel about him this week? The Bengals going into this game, they allow the fourth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. I just think that's almost entirely a volume thing. I The thing you love about DJ Chark is he can make one play to make your week. I'm starting DJ Chark. Must start. Top Without 12. Jake Patrick in there. Must start. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I won't even give this. There are some impressive wide receiver stats, but it's just, it's just different. And they played three games without Drake Kirkpatrick last year. In all three games, the Bengals allowed a touchdown to a wide receiver. Uh, don't start a Jacksonville tight end, I assume. Uh, Andy Dalton, any, any love here for Dalton? 44% owned and no Jalen Ramsey. No. No Ooh. love for him, but I would still start him over Phillip Rivers. Why? I, I haven't liked Andy Dalton for three weeks. I'm not about to change my mind now. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Well, we're about to talk Even about Even with Phillip Cordy Rivers. Glenn coming back. Start or sit Joe Mixon. He is not a top 30 running back this season. I know. It's, it's ugly for him. And um, I, don't, I, I can't put my finger on why he would be removed for Giovanni Bernard late in a game like he was last week. Because Giovanni Bernard's a better pass catching back. It could be that, but I mean, th- there was a play last week where Dalton hits Mixon in the flat. There are three Ravens defenders on him. It looks like it's going to be a, a play where he loses a yard or two, and he squeaks past all three of them, and he gains 23 yards. Like, he is a talented football player. Hell he's yeah. too patient for the offensive line that he's running behind right now. That's, that's a huge problem. And so I can't really count on him to be a great fantasy running back. He's no better than a low-end number two guy until I see proof and until we all see proof that the Bengals use him more than just a pure between-the-tackles type of runner. they got to use him more toward the edges. They've got to use him more in the passing game. That would light him up a little bit. Uh, He's touchdown dependent, so low-end number two guy. And the Jaguars actually give up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs, and they give up a high yards per carry, but a lot of that is Christian McCaffrey and that game mm-hmm. against Carolina. So, um, you know, we'll see. It's tough to trust Mixon. Would you trust Mixon or Royce Freeman? Freeman, easily. Uh, I'll take Freeman. Freeman. Mixon or Dede Westbrook? PPR, I think I would go with Westbrook. Okay. Not then- PPR, I, I can't do it. I'll stay with Mixon there. But it's again another pretty another good opportunity 
for for uh, for Westbrook to make some plays out of the slot. He's been in and out of the slot actually the last couple of weeks against a secondary that's just a total mess. How are we feeling about Jamie the uh, the Cincinnati wide receivers Auden Tate and Tyler Boyd? I think it's just hard to get away from Boyd just with the targets that he's typically been getting and. Uh, he's a safe number two receiver this week because no Ramsey. So I, whoever's going to get Herndon is going to have a chance for a big game. Um, AJ Boy has actually played pretty well the last couple of weeks. Um, and Tate is a good number three receiver. Um, last week was impressive, but, you know, will he do that consistently? So I, I think they're not far apart. I would take still Boyd over Tate. I would too. Uh, I would imagine Boy will go on Tate, and Tate has a huge size advantage over everybody, but certainly over Boy. I'll still take Boy in the matchup. So, how would you rank the wide receivers in the game? Chark one. Boyd, Chark, Tate. Chark, wait, Boyd, <laughs> Tate, Westbrook. Heath, you still like Boyd better? Yeah. Heath? Yes. Why? Volume. He's got double-digit targets in four out of six games. Andy Dalton's going to throw a lot more passes in this game than Gardner Minshew is. Okay. New England's at the Jets. Stat of the game, Philip Dorsett is the only wide receiver to score eight or more non-PPR fantasy points against the Jets with fewer than 10 targets. So the Jets, did they did well against Alshon Jeffrey and Michael Gallup. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It almost looks like the Jets have a good defense on paper because uh, they're, you know, oh, whatever. Tom Brady, Tom Brady or, uh, so, or Gardner Minshew? I, I've got Brady one spot ahead of Minshew right now, but it's really, really close. Okay, he, I think he's been between 20 and 23 fantasy points in his last three games, yes, at the Jets. It's not great there. Uh, they allow the 12th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Yeah, they really haven't been all that bad. Uh, and then the Patriots running backs. Dave, take it away. It's going to be Sony Michelle and non-PPR, James White and PPR, but very close in both formats with both those guys. I think you can start them with... Some confidence there, provided that Rex Burkhead, um, unless we hear something specifically saying that Rex Burkhead is not only going to play, but he's going to have a more impactful role in the offense. I think you just go with the two guys that that I mentioned. Hopefully Brandon Bolden doesn't steal a touchdown from anybody this week. And uh, yeah, I I think they, they do okay against the Jets. Would you start a Patriots wide receiver over James White? Edelman for sure. Uh, so other than Edelman, sorry. Oh. So it's I guess I could be, be, yeah. be talked into Dorsett and both. Like so Dorsett, and I, I guess we're right now we're assuming Gordon doesn't play, but Dorsett is only forty six percent owned. Uh am I crazy or is it just like should be picked up immediately? Yeah. I I think there's like there is reason for concern with Dorsett. Like his, we've got one game this year with more than 53 yards receiving. And that was a game where he had four targets. He had nine targets in their most recent game and caught two of them for 10 yards. It's like we're talking about in four games. But I think that, well, there, there's a couple of things at play here. You have two of those, or one of those games where is Antonio Brown on the team. Or two of those games, Antonio Brown's on the team, right? No, no one, one. Only, only one, one game. He was on one the game. team for one the game. The other game was one Buffalo. One game with Brown on the team. All right. One game he left because he was hurt. That was the Washington game. I wasn't counting that one. No, okay. the Buffalo game was his bad game. But they was, all were but, bad against Buffalo. But the, the 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 bigger thing is if Gordon is out, 
Yeah, who's going to be that guy on the that's, outside? That's the thing. And it's right. a great matchup. Right. Well, you know what? Like, even if you don't want to start him, I just think he's worth adding uh, at 46% owned. I, I was I was kind of waiting to see, um, and, and I missed the boat on this because it's another analyst league where he was out there. Um, I have a really loaded receiving core, but I, I was going to drop Tyrell Williams to pick up Dorsett, and I, I uh, somebody beat me to it last night because he ran through waivers and didn't happen, and now I regret it because of Williams maybe missing some time. But I, I think he's he's someone you just want to see. You know, I, I'll use the same phrase. It's a discovery game. You don't have to start him, but if he goes off and Gordon's out for multiple weeks, plus on top of the fact that Gordon's been bad, yeah, Tom Brady likes him. Uh, and I just want to give this last stat about the Jets against the run. If you're thinking about Michelle and White, the Jets allowed the fifth fewest or fifth lowest yards per carry, 3.64 yards per carry to running backs. But they're 18th in fantasy points allowed because they give up the fifth most rushing touchdowns to running backs and the seventh most receiving yards per game. So, you know, that, that helps James White. So that's just something to uh, keep in mind. And with the Jets, are we starting anyone? Do we like anyone in this game? Oh, sure, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell. Bell. I well, play him in daily. He was terrible against the Patriots in Week yep. Three. Yeah, that was without a sense of a passing game. True, it's tough to get behind him there. Um, but now with Sam Darnold's back, apparently everything's going to be fixed and rosy again for the Jets. You're going to start Le'Veon Bell. I don't mind Crowder in a PPR. I think he can be a very good flex. But would you start Philip Lindsay over Le'Veon Bell? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Would you start Sony Michelle or James White over Le'Veon Bell? No. 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 Would you start Jamison Crowder or Philip Dorsett? Dorsett. I'll take Crowder in PPR. Yeah, I'll take Crowder in PPR. Right, tomorrow we'll probably have an update on Josh Gordon and we'll kind of put that scenario out there. Patriots DST, their top four. Start them. Chargers at Titans. Stat of the game. Titans allow the seventh or eighth fewest points to quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. But the eighth most points to tight ends. That has been their weakness so far. You guys are really getting away from Phillip Rivers. He's fourth in the NFL in passing yards. And he also feels like a completely impossible-to-predict quarterback to me just throughout his career. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, okay. but like recent history. like I don't know if matchups really matter that much for Phillip Rivers. Like He's Rivers. He's, so, he's fine. I Maybe I'm in the minority in thinking that. Well, I think like we've talked like eighteenth or nineteenth is the very end of the quarterbacks that are fine. Fine's the right word for it. He might score seventeen or eighteen fantasy points and finish there. Um it's just it's a low paced game, most likely, mm-hmm. a low scoring game without a lot of touchdowns. And his offensive line is playing terrible right now. And there's just no reason to. There's there's plenty of other quarterbacks to start. I mean, that's the whole thing right there is well the said. offensive line. It's It's been such a huge problem for them the last two games, not just the last one. And I think Tennessee's defense can handle it. I think they can definitely impact Rivers, force him to throw quick passes, and then just play a lot of zone so that they don't get beat deep. I don't even know how often. Listen, Mike Williams, for whatever reason, is getting a ton of deep shots, longer passes, and they're trying to make it work with him and he still can't find the end zone. I'm, I'm not feeling great about rivers this week. Guys like cousins, Daniel Jones, Gardner Minshew. They're all ahead of him. Cool. All right. So, uh, how would you compare the chargers running backs to the Patriots running backs? I'd rather have the Patriots. Yep. Oh, like almost universally. Yeah. It's maybe Eckler over Michelle and PPR last week really freaked people out over Eckler too. 
because he as just well it should. He didn't get a lot of catches. And he didn't get and he doesn't get a lot of yeah. carries. So what it, is he now? He's a pass catching tra- running back. I, I'm trying to figure out what they're thinking. Like they love why, Melvin why Gordon. They... <laughs> That's what they're thinking. Well, and Hunter Henry came back last week. Uh, fine, True. but like well, Melvin Gordon still ran more routes than Austin Eckler. Most how, do, the, how do you let that happen? Because Melvin most Gordon's of the awesome. Big increase we saw last year in Philip Rivers throwing to running backs came because they did not have a tight end on the roster that they wanted to throw the football to. Mm-hmm. I think it could right. be bad when you have two running backs that are running routes and he's going to throw 20% of his passes to the tight end. Sure. And you've got Keenan Allen and you've got Mike Allen who's dominating targets. Mike Seems like a bad situation for both Eckler and and, and Henry has been, at least last week, obviously, was that dump-off guy on a lot of the targets that he had from Phillip Rivers. A lot of short stuff. Now, he had some good post routes downfield, too. Um, and I'm excited about Hunter Henry, and that's why he's a top-five tight end easily. But he, he, you're right, Heath. I think that's definitely a factor. But I don't see how they don't try and get Eckler significantly more involved when he was playing so well before Melvin came back. Is Derrick Henry the best running back in this game in both formats? Yes. Yep. The answer is yes. Titans should lean on him? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they should, and they'll try to. I don't know how dominant he'll be, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be nervous about starting Derrick Henry this week. This, this could be a two-touchdown game for him. Yep. Okay. There's some stats to back that up, but I won't give them because we're starting them. And uh, let's talk about some other players. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Like, are we confident in them? Confidence is the wrong word, but you're starting Keenan Allen most likely. He uh, didn't he take to social media to complain about his targets? I did not see that. I think the wheel could squeak. Okay, but it's I not an so. easy matchup for him. So, like, who are some guys that you'd start over Keenan Allen? Like Larry Fitzgerald has a great matchup. Michael Gallup. Are these guys you'd start over Keenan Allen? Larry Boyd, Gallup, Char. How, I mean, Sutton, what does yeah. Boyd you're, have to do? You're to, lower on Keenan Allen than I am, but yeah, I'm not starting Boyd over him. They're basically the same type of guy. What does Boyd have to do to lose your confidence, Heath? Like he's just not playing that well. He's not doing enough. He was so bad like, last the week. The week before last, he scored 25 he ha- Yeah, against points. Arizona. So most people are going to start Keenan Allen, but you know there are some guys you could you could throw in there ahead of him. And uh, let's... Hunter Henry's top five. He's eighth for Heath. Let's go to Tennessee. Is there anyone other than Derrick Henry you're starting? Good. Okay, no, great. What about, what about um, Delaney Walker? Low-end option. I, I, I'm so unimpressed with what his numbers have been that I would I would be willing to take a chance on Jason Witten ahead of him. I'd much prefer Witten, but I actually kind of like Witten this week. I'd, I'd start Darren Fells over Delaney. Okay, don't start Delaney. Yeah, Walker. I don't know about that. Tennessee's DST is top 10, and so are the Chargers, actually. Both top 10 DSTs, as we expect the low-scoring game. Two games left, Oakland at Green Bay. Stat of the game, Oakland is terrible against wide receivers and tight ends, but actually good against running backs. If we look at the Packers here, uh, well, our, our last game is Bills-Dolphins, so I'm going to ask you, would you start Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen this week? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Okay. I currently have Rodgers one spot ahead of Allen, and I'm very much close to changing it. And where are we on Minshew versus Rodgers? I think, Jamie, you said you're, you might move Minshew ahead. I already have. Okay. Uh, Heath and Dave, Minshew and, and Rodgers? Yeah, currently Rodgers over Minshew for me. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, he's got he's got nobody to throw to here, but it is a good matchup. What do you think about Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams? Surprisingly, the Raiders' run defense has been solid. Start them both. Those. I would start them both as 
I would consider them both number two fantasy running backs. Yep. Like okay. like ahead of the Chargers guys. For sure. Yeah. And the Chiefs. How about the Royce Freemans? I'd start Jones over Freeman, Freeman over Williams. I think I'd start both Packers over Freeman. How about the Devontae Freemans? Devontae, over, Devontae both. over both of them. I'd start the Packers. You hate Devontae Freeman? I don't hate him. It's <laughs> uh, a strong word. All right, so tell me, like, general thoughts on Green Bay wide receivers. Well, uh, who are they? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, if, if he plays, start him. If he plays, sit, you know, whatever. If Devontae Adams plays, <laughs> count your blessings. Um, I think Valdez Scantling would be the best of the group. Just on a hope uh but it may be lazard look at, um, at this at this point you know it, it, what you've been saying about dorset it's almost applies to lazard just based on default you know like he should be added across the board because if this is a multi-week absence for allison with the concussion or with valdez scaling with his knee or ankle then you know the number one receiver for aaron Rodgers, while it might not be jordy nelson or Devonte adams or randall cobb or you know the historically good ones He's still the number one receiver for Aaron Rodgers, and that would make him at least the number three receiver. So he's he's a tall dude. He's a strong dude. He's not necessarily a fast dude, so he may profile closer to Auden Tate. Uh, and I think he'll end up being a starting outside receiver. And just what you what you gathered from what you heard last week, Rodgers likes him. Rodgers likes throwing to him. So Adam, and that's enough drink. for me. That's enough for me. Evan Washburn or Pete Prisco? No, Prisco. Okay. Um, so Pete. Because he was uh, drafted by Jacksonville, Lazard was. And Pete said... I don't that, think he was drafted. I think he was unsigned after the draft. Wasn't he going back and forth on that on the show? Yep. Yeah, he, I don't think Pete was sure. So uh, I was going by what Pete said. Um, anyway, he was with the Jaguars, and Pete thought that they should have made him move tight end. So, you know, he, he, he maybe end up being, when everybody's healthy, sort of a hybrid type player for him, like a Robert Tanyan. Right. Um, All right. So, I, I mean, he, he may have some, I don't know, long-standing... Ability to, to stick around as a member of this receiving core. But I also wouldn't rule out in deeper leagues Kumaro because if everybody's out, he'll play more too. Yeah. And he has he has a higher ceiling in terms of what he can get to, I think, than Lazard. Lazard but was just kind of uh, by default. The bottom week. line is they don't have a top 25 wide receiver this week. So let, let's – what about Jimmy Graham? All right. I know Jimmy Graham no. has been awful. I can't do no. it. Don't say that. The I mean, matchup's great. Can, look, yeah, they suck against tight ends. So he's got, somebody's going to have target. to. Or Lewis. Somebody's going to have to get targets. Graham got an end zone target last week. I know he dropped it. He, can't, he, can't. he had two end zone this, targets. This, this, he dropped one, another one. He It bounced off his chest. This is a good test in matchup versus player because the matchup is great. The player is not right now. And you're right, Adam. The targets will be there for him. I don't think it's, you know, they're going to all of a sudden say, okay, he's been struggling. They don't have anybody else. Right. Right. But so it's just a matter of what your fantasy roster looks like comparatively to what the Packers decide to do. How much so it would not surprise me at all if Jimmy Graham scores and plays well in this game. How much confidence do they have in him? Well, they have a choice. It's no, they do have a choice. They've got a like they still even last week. He got five targets. That was the third most he's seen in any game this year. His catches go three, zero, zero, six, three, two. Yeah. It's my game with more than three catches. Okay, and then with the Raiders, we're not starting Carr. It doesn't look like Tyrell Williams is going to play, so I can't imagine we're starting a, a Raiders wide receiver. If there was one that's a flyer, who would it be? Say Jones. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, and Josh Jacobs, do we like him better than Aaron Jones? Yes. Yeah. And that's it. Darren Waller is pretty much a must-start, right? 
Oh, there, God. Definitely. Given this the tight end position. Better in PPR than non-PPR, but it's not an easy matchup. Yeah, I believe the Packers matchup. are allow the fewest fancy points tenants. Uh Fifth fewest. Fifth fewest? Yeah. And they have faced Ertz. They faced Witten. They faced Hawkinson. Goddard actually caught a touchdown. But they were good last year against tight ends, and they were good this year. Miami at Buffalo. I already gave this stat, but a running back has scored 12 or more PPR non-PPR points every game against Miami. So let's keep it going, Frank Gore. Sit all Dolphins, start all Bills. Gotta go by. Wait, that wait, wait. Hold me. on. Hold on. Like, tell me Josh Allen versus... Oh, he's already out the door. It's fine. Josh Allen is... Okay, we know we have the big six at quarterback. Is Josh Allen in contention for seventh? No. Not no, for he's me. tenth for me. Okay. And he's, he's twelfth for me. So he's behind, like, Goff, right? I have him ahead of Goff. Oh, really? uh, I've got Goff significantly ahead of him. I am erasing what I saw from Jared Goff from my mind last week. Tom Brady or Josh last Allen? Of this season. It, last week, it has been erased. I don't even know what happened. Their I offensive line happened. Atlanta. I'll take the upside with him over Allen. Uh, Brady or Allen? Brady. How much work Allen. is Allen going to have to do? Well, we, we, he we runs. We talked about this before. Right. I think we've talked about it this week with Josh Allen. I don't know how much work Tom Brady's going to have to do. With, with all that said, the Dolphins do allow the most fantasy points to... Uh, running backs and the and quarterbacks, yeah. Um, okay, so that's it. Uh, and Josh Allen's jo- kind of a running. Oh, back. John Brown. Yes, John Brown. I I like him this week. Start him. The Dolphins secondary is terrible. They can't put a pass rush on the quarterback. But he's top I think what? He can make a big play or two. He's top what? Twenty five. Cole Beasley Did you sleeper. Fifteen. Heath. Woo. Is Cole Beasley a sleeper this week? Yes. In PPR, yeah. Wouldn't use him in non-PPR. Lazard or Beasley? I think I'll go with Lazard. I'll go with Beasley and PPR as long as MVS plays. Okay, and then Dawson Knox, Dave and Jamie have him top 14. Heath has yeah. him outside the top I, 20. I, I like his potential long-term. Like if I had to, to say that there's a sleeper tight end that everybody should put on their team, he might be it. But a lot of people don't have the roster space to go and add Dawson Knox and wait for something to happen. It could it could be this week, but I'm uh, I'm I'm excited about him long term that he could develop into something. I'm just gonna sing the punch out music because it sounds like na 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 Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.